questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Civilization is careening into a dystopian transhumanist rewrite of global society and the future of humanity. Penned by a tyrannical New World Order, the Great Reset, with the onset of COVID-19 and all that has played out since early 2020, Big Pharma and High Tech have seized our lives in the most evil of ways. They do not intend to let go until their nightmare agenda to merge human beings with artificial intelligence, or humans 2.0, has revolutionized everything about our lives, enslaved us, and possessed our world. It isn't a quote-unquote theory anymore. It is a global conspiracy. How do they achieve this malevolent goal? First, they must hack the God code to remove the light within us, the divine blueprint. Then they can splice into our DNA any code, messenger, or numerical mark they deem superior to our natural, God-given essence and steal our souls. Tonight, we take a deep dive into the unfolding reality surrounding COVID-19, the quote-unquote V mandates, and all that they have done to mutate our lives, destroy our health, and undermine our social order. Tonight's special guest pulls out all the stops in this probing, eye-opening discussion, exposing the darkness, and then, as she always does, will offer solutions to heal and activate the DNA, to find the empowerment to fight back, and to manifest a clear direction for all light warriors to stand in the light of their sovereignty. This is Armageddon, the war of darkness and light. And we will win it, because we must. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy. Get a 15-day free trial of FLFE today. We also have rebounders, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Veritas and Sanitas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Patricia Corey is an internationally acclaimed author and thought leader who has been sharing wisdom about the human condition and the enlightenment of civilization for almost three decades. She is a system buster, a freedom fighter, and a warrior for truth justice and the liberation of humanity. The former host of the popular BBS radio show Beyond the Matrix, she has been a guest on hundreds of radio and TV programs worldwide. She has written 14 books. The new book is titled Hacking the God Code, The Conspiracy to Steal the Human Soul, and her website is patriciacorey.com. And directly from the Azores Islands, Portugal, I'd like to welcome Patricia Corey back to Veritas. Hello, Patricia, and welcome back. Thanks, Mel. It's always good to be with you, and I really appreciate you having me back. Likewise, and congratulations on the new book. I uh, just finished it this morning, and I just, you know, I'm very impressed with the way you say things. You know, we connect when we read the book. It's not only about the channeling. It's not about... uh, you know, the more esoteric parts, but you put things into perspective as, as to what's happening right now. We last spoke about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, 
you know, with this pandemic. Can you give us a, a recap of what's been happening with Patricia in the last almost two years? Well, it's been a bit of a bumpy ride. I, um, of course, I never took the V. I never bought into the whole drama. I live in a very calm place that is uh, this island in the Azores where there's underpopulation, which is something very nice. But it uh, it still is a member of the EU, so all the protocols were put in place, and I just avoided them. And so uh, it wasn't hard to do because uh, I have a beautiful home, and it's my temple. And uh, with the exception of going groceries, going for the groceries, I pretty much uh, bypassed all of the drama. Um, and in the meantime, my... Body of work, which is over 12 books, I've lost count because there are also a couple that I'm co-author in, was um, cancel cultured by my previous publisher because they went woke and I wasn't going on for the ride. And so when we got our message from central headquarters that the new position of the publisher was, I'd have to say, aggressively woke. Um almost violently woke, I said, well, hey, yeah, let's let's do this with love, though. Isn't that the platform that you represent? And uh, a few weeks later, I got cancel cultured, <laughs> which I have to laugh because it's so ignorant. And they took my whole body of work down and burned my books. And that was the end of, they thought, of Patricia Corey and my influence. So I have been busy getting them republishing them myself and getting them back up for the people that are saying, I can't find your book. Oh my God. Oh my God. Because these are classic works. I'm sure you've read some of them and they, you know, they're, they span 25 years of my being a channel and, uh, and not only writing what I believe is truth and delivering that to the public. So to make things shorter here, I, this last year I was uh, brought into another publisher, very pleased to for that to happen, and they wanted a new book. And when I delivered Hacking the God Code to them, they felt it was too dangerous. Um, so <laughs> I don't want to say they canceled cultured me because they, they did it in earnest, and it's okay. I went ahead and said, okay, I guess I'm going to have to publish this one too. So my work, I've been very involved with, with all the drama that's been going on and serving people as best I can to keep the calm and keep people focused and empowered. I delivered this book, wrote the book, delivered it, and it's just come out. I, and I want to say this is not a channeled book. This is me speaking from the gut about the situation at hand. So um, that's kind of been where I've been, where I've been for the last two years, working, working, working hard. And in my personal life, doing everything I can to keep balance and focus and above all empowerment, a sense of sovereignty. And that's where I live. a safe, a place of sovereignty. There's nothing woke in woke and look at all these corporations. And by the way, if we talk, if you want to talk about fascism, the marriage between government and corporations, it's already happening. They're the ones dictating policy these days with unelected officials. I mean, look at Bed Bath and Beyond; it's bankrupt. Facebook, their stocks keeps going down. Disney, don't they get it? I, I don't think it's about money anymore. I think they just want to have control, no matter what. 
All these corporations that used to be more, they used to have common sense before 9-11. Ever since 9-11 happened, they have become, they didn't use the word woke back then, but they have become almost antithetical to the word capitalism. But I use the term, do you want everything for free or do you want to be free? What's your take on that? My take is that the one world order wants communism in the formerly capitalist countries and is very successfully destroying the capitalist fundamental economics, mentality, society, dreams, goals, etc. with a communist manifesto. Trump the other day said, you know, we're talking about communism. We've, we've passed right over socialism and we're talking about communism. And one of the aspects of communism is to destroy capitalist enterprise. So with this woke agenda, which is, a, is an excuse for just about everything, anything that they want to have rejected, they just say it's not woke, it's offensive, which is why in the introduction and <laughs> in my new book, I speak out about that and I, how I refuse to be politically correct, which is interesting. It's not a, a very safe position to take in today's overly sensitive societies, but I refuse to be politically correct because I understand it to be a control mechanism to divide and conquer people and to silence people. I refuse to use pronouns because of the, it, that is the destruction of the, the language, mutilation of the English language to fit an agenda. I refuse to do any of this. So that's what I mean about being sovereign. And as far as your question about corporations, they're, they're obeying the, the, the dark lord, the master. And it isn't the country. It isn't the politics, the, 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 the government. It's the one world order. And it is being put in place. We know this. We've been hearing about it from way back. I think the first time I heard the term used officially, because I've, I've been using it for a longer time, was when Father Bush said, what we need is a, is a one world order. And I remember the chilling sensation when I heard that saying, oh, here we go. They're not even going to hide it anymore. And that was on September the 11th, 1991, I believe, 10 years before the other event. Yeah. Oh, amazing that you have the exact date. I, I didn't know that, but... Yeah, long time ago. And of course, it was in, in the works way before he announced it. So now what we're looking at and what I talk about in the book is that we are, they're out of the closet now. They're out. I mean, they really believe, and it looks like in many ways, they're not going to have enough resistance to worry about. I mean, on this day after the, the vote, so-called vote, we, we see some pretty peculiar manipulations and nothing changes, nothing gets done. And meanwhile, the country, America, is falling apart. It is falling apart. And we're, exactly, we're discussing this the day after the midterm elections. This is the part that I don't get. This is the most unpopular precedent in my lifetime. Probably in yours too, I think. We used to have $1.60 average per gallon gas in the United States. Now it's over $4 because they said, you know, we're going to reduce it for about a dollar. But he's actually depleting the, the reserves. They're almost empty. And once that happens in the next month or two, then you're going to see prices skyrocketing. And diesel is going to become 
very difficult to get in the next few weeks. What is that going to do in the winter for transportation? The border is fully open. Inflation keeps going up. The Federal Reserve doesn't seem to be helping. Every few weeks they get together and they raise interest rates by 0.75 you know, points. So I think this is the deliberate destruction of the United States because we are the last bastion or the last hurdle for the new world order. And I hate to sound like a poppy bush, but that seems to me what's happening. Well, this term isn't only uh, relegated to poppy bush. All of these world leaders are calling for a one world order now, right? And as, and as far as your evaluation of the situation, it's very clear this is a deliberate sabotage of the individual with the V program, the society, the family structure, education. It's all being sabotage rapidly. And unfortunately, we still have a large percentage of the population who are hypnotized and believe the agenda. I, I find it pretty hard to believe that you've got a resident president who is in dementia of the formerly most powerful country in the world. You have a vice president who is simply demented, who can't even make a sentence. You have the head of the third in command who is a severe alcoholic. You, you, it, it is all, it's, it would be comical if it, if it weren't so, so utterly grave. And what's shocking to me is that anyone could look at these three individuals and and believe that they're good for their country. They can barely manage to communicate. I mean, and now we've got this new Fetterman who is oh, gosh. just had a, yeah. uh, can't go to a meeting without a hoodie on. This is the new governor of Pennsylvania. It's very shocking. Senator, the new senator. Senator, forgive me. Um, which, of course, will give them the majority, not that they wouldn't have found another way to do that. Obama, tr- uh, what do they call it? Thumping, I think is the word. When, when they back a candidate, what's it called? Not thumping. Oh. Anyway, uh, campaigning for Obama. I campaigned for this man. Oh, stumping, when yes. When does an ex-president campaign for a senator, Right. So the simple point here is if they wanted the country to be better, the first thing that would happen is they would open up the pumps again. And I mean, the, the, not the gas station pumps, but the pumping oil pumps, the, the, the pipelines, and get the oil flowing again. But of course, the green agenda, which is a one world order agenda, is intent upon electric everything by 2035. Right. A little problem with that is that they can't even manage the electric cars now because there's not enough. <laughs> You've got all these electric cars, but there's no nowhere to charge them up because there's not enough energy. Right. So it's a fiasco, to say the least. And as far as the reserves, what a great way to bring a country to its knees with a World War Three situation going on. America sending troops over there without any fuel. What's going to charge up the jets and the ocean liners and all the rest of the war equipment if there's no fuel in the reserves. But, you know, it, 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 it's so obvious that we're looking at the deliberate downfall, the deliberate, rapid destruction of the country. 
And what I have to say about that is if people don't wake up pretty soon, because everybody's saying, yeah, we're waking up, it's a great awakening, but it's not great enough. So how much more pain we have to feel before we hordes more people wake up is the question of the hour, but it better happen soon. And I don't want to sound like gloom and doom, but it, it better happen soon. Well, here in Arizona, for example, and, and, and again, everybody knows that I don't like to make this platform political, but the thing is that if we don't stand up to what's coming, which is communism, I've been saying this for the last 10 years, it's slowly progressing into that. And I said, if we lose the midterm elections, it will be the equivalent of the second election they had in Venezuela. And look at Venezuela, just like Cuba, never went back. But somebody wrote to me, I was doing a lot of analysis last night, and this person is from Pennsylvania, and he said, despite the record inflation, record gas prices, record crime, war, open borders, and the collapse of civil society, Democrats were able to put together a significant win in the U.S. House on Tuesday night. Fraud is a big helper. He continues, he says, is Pennsylvania simply a lost Bipolar territory ruled by a masochistic urban university, union, and depraved cult of automatons who just can't get enough Tom Wolf brand scandemic wreckage, expensive energy, but BLM marching, perversion, and grooming. I guess Harrisburg will enjoy its status quo, and like Rome, we'll at least have some entertainment in our U.S. circus. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin makes nations miserable. Now, Pennsylvania is the brain-dead state. Interesting thoughts from this listener from uh, Pennsylvania. You know, Einstein said doing something over and over and over again and expecting a, di a different result. Insanity. Insanity. And to go through the motions of another election and the rah-rah from Trump and, and the MAGA family and uh, who wouldn't, who, who wasn't hoping, I certainly was, that we would see some some breakthrough. But with nothing having been fixed from 2020, it's ludicrous to think that the same would not apply. So, you know, even to the point of in Arizona, Maricopa is is the uh, the real pivotal point right now. And, and it was then too. And the question is, are we supposed to believe that there is something called a real election? Who do we know is voting, not voting? What the, you know, I mean, it's just a fraud. It's all a fraud. So when, when we hear Trump talking about we're going to have a red, we're going to have a red wave, we're going to take it back, we're going to take the country back, it's like until you fix the, the fraudulent third world country voting system, well, how possibly can you believe that you can take it back, take back the, the people's wish? We don't really know if a, a majority of people do or do not want a certain candidate because we do not know if any of these elections are real. Look about Florida. Florida banned mass mail-in ballots. They banned ballot harvesting. They require voter ID now. And Governor DeSantis created an election police force. And they had their election results just a, a few hours after the polls were closed. Now, look at Arizona. It's an embarrassment, and this is my state. It's going to take days, I guarantee you, days, if not weeks, before we find out the real results. And they might not even be real. When the foxes guard in the hen house, they have perfected mail-in ballots. That's, I mean, look what happened in 2020. I think they introduced the, the pandemic because they knew, well, people are going to stay home. Let's do it, you know, mail-in ballots. And that's exactly what they've done. It's interesting that they're doing the same, the playbook, 
Katie Hobbs here in Arizona did not campaign once, did not debate once, just like Biden. It's almost like they have a new script in order to win. That's right, because they know they've got the, the, the tools to do it, right? Let, I, I saw that uh, Carrie is bringing in the big heavy guns, the lawyers and whatever, and trying her best to get some control over the fraud that's going on there. But I mean, when, the, when that little man came out and said, we have a little problem, uh, the printers aren't working, I mean, really, we can smash atoms, we can send craft into space, but we can't seem to get printers working <laughs> correctly at the voting polls once every two years. Right. It's just ridiculous. Take a look at Texas, Patricia. All red, but if you look at the border towns, they're all blue. And in Arizona, I have to tell you, and I might get in a lot of trouble by saying what I'm about to say, but Arizona is ruled by the McCain family and the cartels. Carrie Lake is another run, Paul. And I'm hoping these 10,000 votes will become nothing soon, and she might get ahead. When you listen to this interview, folks, we may at least may have a new governor in Arizona, Carrie Lake. I hope so. If not, they're going to pull the same shenanigans they did before. And that's it. That's it for this state. We are no longer, not even a purple state. It's going to be a blue state. I didn't even think of Arizona as a purple state. I, I've, I've been hearing this purple thing going on, and it doesn't really look to me like there's any purple. It's just red and blue, red and blue everywhere. But, and you know, an America divided is how the one world order takes control. It's all very clear. The question, that, what's not clear, is when is humanity going to going to stand stand up enough to push them back? And a good example is Brazil. So we've had this uprising in Brazil, but in the end, it seems that um, Bolsonaro is going to comply, give in. We're faced with some very powerful problems on this planet, and I just hope that it's bad enough that we finally rebel. And, you know, in my book, I always remind people we are almost 8 billion. The One World Order team is 2,000 or less. Surely, if we rise, we can push this back. We are already 8 billion as of a couple of days ago, according to the statisticians. But Bolsonaro in Brazil, I believe that he has already conceded. But I hear that the military is auditing the election. And they have some words to, to, to tell the country in a few days. So who knows? Wow. Maybe that is exactly what should have happened in the United States. But the military in Brazil is well-respected, well-respected. And they're saying that there are a lot of anomalies taking place. And they want to make sure that this is... <laughs> Here's what I've been hearing from people in Brazil. Apparently, when they deliberate and they find out of all the anomalies... The military will take over, will take over, and they'll bring Bolsonaro back. If that's the case, well, congratulations, Brazil. And if you take a look at Brazil, the masses of millions of people on the streets, and you see the corrupt Lula with just a few dozen people in his, in his little speeches, isn't that reminiscing of what we saw here in you know, the, the years leading to 2020? Absolutely. Let's not forget the election The uh, with the, the resident president with his little circles on the lawn, the chairs placed oh. in the circle. 
Pathetic. I, you know, I looked at that and I go, I am, the matrix is melting down. <laughs> <laughs> and then Trump with his, you know, hundreds, tens of thousands of people. And uh, yet supposedly the resident, I, I can only call him the resident, came in with a sweeping, unquestionable victory. Right. Okay. But what 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 is important now Oh, we're not supposed to question that, by the way. You know, I don't know if you if you know that's now a category for being considered a terrorist. terrorist. Yeah. But what is very interesting is that if indeed the episode, episode's bigger than an episode, the situation in Brazil ends up being a military coup and Bolsonaro reinstated, I believe that will affect things in America and all over the world. Because that will be a message to the One World Order that, sorry, guys, we win. So it's a, you know, it's just the world is in such a delicate state. And yet it has to go through this. Uh, the upside of our conversation is evolution, revolution is underway. And it's painful. Anytime there's been a revolution on this planet, it's been painful. A lot of people have died. A lot of people have suffered, been tortured, whatever to overturn the totalitarians. And this time, this totalitarian force is so big, so global, and has, I believe, alien technology to play with. So we have to, <laughs> we have to be immensely united, and we need some wins. So I've got my fingers crossed that we're going to see a military coup in in Brazil. And then let's see what happens after that. You know, I think, because, I'm, you know, this Lula, you know, also that he's a felon, right? Of course he is. Yeah. Of course he is. But the people in Brazil are, are really taking to the streets. The transportation systems are, are on a standstill. They're blocking the highways because they know, they know what happened and they are saying it. Whatever happened to you guys in the United States is happening right here. And we're not going to let it continue. Because they absolutely know the last few years that they have, they've had Bolsonaro there were similar to what we had here in the United States. We, I have to say, I didn't see any problems. You know, low gas, low low inflation, no wars. All of a sudden, this individual, this man, this 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 carcass that we have there, and I don't even know if he's human. Really, you know, I'm a pragmatist. When it comes to these things, I, I never say, "Oh, the reptilians are in charge" or anything like that. But sometimes I wonder, Patricia, if some of the people who are really the overlords here in the United States and the world are not even from our quote-unquote neighborhood. I agree completely. I don't like to get off on that either. I think you and I are very similar in our philosophies. I don't like to, you know, so many people just call it, he's a reptilian this and he's an alien that. and uh, I'm circumspect about that kind of approach. But... There definitely doesn't appear to be anybody inside that carcass. Or if there is, half the time it's an actor. Because you've got moments when he's completely, I mean, he's walking into the wall. Yeah, right. And then there are other times when he delivers uh, a rousing speech, when the voice isn't even the same. So, you know, we know what they're doing with syllabin masks. It's very obvious to me that we've got a few people in the role of the resident. As far as them being... Not of this earth. Well, you know, I believe between clones and silicon beings and um, 
I don't know, every kind of artificial reality, AI, the way that things can even be manipulated so that if you hear somebody speak, they can manipulate what they're saying with um, editing. I think that it's very hard for us to tell what reality is anymore. The matrix is becoming so synthetically manipulated that if you don't have a good sense, a gut sense of reality, it's very hard to make out what's really going on. And even if you do have a good gut sense, because there's, it's just, there's so much happening and so much technology, AI, et cetera. It's very, very strange. Who's the one who said that any advanced technology uh, could be indistinguishable from magic? I think it was Arthur C. Clarke who said that. And now we have deep fakes, not only visually, but we have deep fakes with voice. And a few years ago, the company Adobe made a presentation about a new product that they had, they were rolling out where they can actually put the voice of somebody. All they need is about 30, you know, 30 seconds or 30 minutes of someone's voice. And they could actually implant that voice into anyone else. So you could, you could listen to, to when the so-called Biden visually and his voice, it could be from the old guy who, who knows where he is. But let me just extract a few things from your book so we can discuss more. You say, with very few exceptions, the mainstream media, which has become nothing more than a constant propaganda machine pushing the globalist agenda, no longer reports any factual news whatsoever. To me, it is an echo chamber of the uni party. But most people don't believe that. They listen to CNN or to Fox, and they think, that's where I'm getting the truth. Well, they're wrong. <laughs> I mean, there are some flickers of truth. But by and large, I, I was reading some of the propaganda that was out today. I mean, the slanted journalism, it's not even slanted. It's completely <laughs> vertical, unbelievable lies and the use of language. You know, I'm a writer. The use of language that uh, denigrates the attack, the, the attackee of their campaigns. And, you know, you've heard people say that, When a communist regime starts to take over, the first thing they do is take over the media. Yes. Right? Because the media is the greatest tool of all. So between what I talk about in the book, which is how the TV set is actually controlled, the flicker in the in the set is a device that was invented to create a submissive state of consciousness for the viewer. That has been proven and then you put the program into the mind of the viewer in that submissive state. Apparently, it takes four or five seconds for a person who's watching a television set to, to become a passive state of passive consciousness, hypnotic. Hypnotized, yes. Right? So then you start pouring in the hypnosis material, the program, and people are in a receptive state to accept it. And they're listening to it 24-7. I don't have TV. So when I, the occasional time that I visit people, I notice that they have the television set on the whole time. I was at a Christmas party a few years ago, and they had 18 people there at the table, and the television set blasting. And I had to leave because the sound of it was so oppressive to me. I just, I asked them to turn it off, and they said, why? It's good. <laughs> so um, people are entrained. And if they don't, if they're not willing to, if they don't recognize that they're addicted to this entrainment, they're never going to deal with 
that the best way to find out, I always tell people, I think I say it in the book too, the best way to, fi- to find out if you're addicted is to cut it out of your life and see what happens. And if you can move along without it, you know you're not addicted. When I got rid of television 25 years ago, it took about a week for me to stop walking around in circles in the house. You're so used to having the noise and the so-called entertainment, right? And then once you, you let go of it, ah, you have your space back, your peace, and you start getting your mind back. But I believe that this is a tool, as discussed in the book, this, this takeover of the human mind, this technology, artificial intelligence, all of it is being rolled out now at a very quick pace, but it's all been programmed with a certain amount of timing to take over society. And the emphasis in my book is if you don't let if you don't gain your sovereignty, it will take over you. And that's what they want. That's what the agenda 2030 is. They want everybody chipped. They want everybody subjected to AI controls, mind controls. And we can't let that happen because that is the transmutation of the human species. They're going for robo sapiens. We're going to get deeper and deeper as we progress with this interview. And you're opening the doors that I want to open. I don't, I don't think it's, it's entertainment TV. It's entrainment, an entrapment. But you also said this, war is everywhere. People against people, nations against nations. And with the churning of the lowest emotions in so much of the global population, these escalating divisions serve as energetic fodder for the tyrants who are attempting to turn out our beautiful earth into a lifeless miserable prison planet. So if in the past two years we have seen the destruction of society, going to wars, we are bankrupt, we kept sending billions to this full Zelensky in Ukraine, and I'm going to be attacked by just saying that because so many people are so brainwashed. You know, first it was, um, I got the V, do your word, do your part, blah, 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 we're in this together. Now it's all yellow and blue. It's all propaganda for the same thing. And the same people who are still wearing the face diaper and because they're in fear, they never once say, I'm in fear of a possible nuclear uh, exchange between Russia and the United States or China. Am I? No. In fear, you mean? Absolutely not. Living in fear is living on your knees, and I don't. Plus, I know what's behind the scenes. It's because you're awake. Because when you're awake... You don't respond, uh, you don't do the knee-jerk response to everything that's fed to you to keep you in fear, in perpetual fear, so that you're constantly cranking out adrenaline, which is the louche for these creatures. The louche, yes. And, you know, they feed on fear. They have to have fear to survive. They're empowered by fear. And that is why we're perpetually fed nonstop, daily, used to be weekly, used to be even monthly. Now it's hourly. We get new uh, events, new false flags, new terror, more and more terror to be afraid of, uh, to keep us in bent over in this state of perpetual powerlessness and fear. And I'm about helping people get out of fear, get out of powerlessness. And as far as the nuclear situation, I have to laugh because... The idea that the resident could potentially have his finger on the button if he if he knew how to find his finger <laughs> or the is button. so ludicrous. Or the button. 
is so ludicrous that you have to laugh. There is either a higher power, and I don't mean godly, I mean a higher power like military that actually has that football, they call it, or this whole, well, there are three possibilities. One is they are going to nuke the planet. One is that the whole thing is is just a another in a million games that are being played for people to be terrified. And if there is going to be a nuclear war, I don't believe so. But if there is, there's nothing to worry about because it'll be over quick and fast. <laughs> people say, Patricia, what are you saying? What I'm saying is when people say that I'm, they're getting iodine and they're I'm sorry for laughing because I don't mean to be laughing at people. But the idea that you can survive a nuclear war is absolutely ludicrous. There is enough nuclear force on this power to blow the planet up into little pieces and have a whole new uh, andro—what's uh, oh, the word? A whole new belt of chunks of Earth floating around in where Earth used to formerly be, right? There is no such thing as a minor scale nuclear war. Once one goes off, they all go off. So my message to people is don't worry about it because if it happens, we're done and we move on to our next destination. There is nothing anyone can do about it. Personally, I think that this is a game that they're playing to keep us in perennial fear, to keep us sending more money over to Ukraine, which of course goes right into the pockets of the people that are sending it. You know the game. Yes. Right? And I do not, I can't believe, although it's possible, but I cannot believe that this resident has the, has the final word on the future of the entire planet. We do know that he's being manipulated by the guy Probably don't want to say this on your show so that we don't get you canceled. But the guy who said he wished he could be in the basement and send uh, instructions up to the president through a microphone. Remember that? Yeah, Mr. O, of course. We know that. Yes, of course. So, you know, he could be the one who's got the finger on it. But I just don't think so. I do believe that there must be, there has to be some level of sanity in the military or we would already be gone. If it was up to these lunatics to blow the place up, I think they would have already done it. And then there's also the question, would intelligence, off-planet intelligence, allow that to happen? We do know that there have been events where alien craft have hovered over silos and neutralized them. We have military reports about that. Of course, yes. So there's a lot going on with this question, as with everything. I just don't believe that's going to happen. Yep. Before we began talking today, we, I I mentioned a few individuals who never don't talk to me anymore, but you mentioned with the UFOs who are, that used to, or still probably hover on top of, of nuclear silos. This happened 1967, Captain Robert Salas. One of the people who doesn't talk to me anymore because I don't like Hillary Clinton, but just, I'm just saying that out there. I still respect you, Captain Salas, and your work is great. Your book about uh, your experience in 1967 at Malmstrom Base in, in Montana, I believe, shows that there's a, a higher intelligence out there monitoring the children who are too close playing with the, the matches. I 
I think that disclosure is something we're going to experience in our life. And I'm not talking about the people that are claiming to be aliens and, and the whole crew. I'm talking about real ETs that are, that are going to, I think we're going to have that contact, real contact. Because I, I just can't, if there is life beyond this planet, which I, of course, believe, I really, and, and if they are more advanced than we are, which I also believe, they surely wouldn't want to see a planet in the galactic structure be blown to bits because it will reverberate on out into the galactic field. So if there is a committee or a, or a fraternity of evolved planets, even warring planets, what they don't want is for the children to blow the joint up and then send, you know, never-ending nuclear uh, fission, fusion out into space in perpetuity, right? But how do we discern, Patricia, if it's true ET, malevolent or benevolent, or our own technology? I mean, we know that technology, I believe, doubles every 18 months. And we've had computers since the 1950s. So how do we know if it's a reverse engineer craft that's hovering above us, Project Blue Beam, our own technology, or the true ETs? How do we know? We don't know. The, the, the bottom line is we don't know. So that is one of the reasons why I'm very cautious with anything anybody says about disclosure. Because, number one, I had an interesting interview with Dr. Michael Sala. And he was saying, what if they, the, they construct an arrival of their own making with the pretend good aliens stepping out of the craft? Talk about a, a setup. A set of, a talk about a false flag. In other words, it's one thing to have a false flag where supposedly an alien craft or alien craft arrive and are aggressive and start bombing or zapping uh, the neighborhood. But what if they arrive like Captain Kirk and say, we're here to assist the government. We were watching what's going on. We're going to help you. But there are going to be some tough decisions that we're going to help those get made so that you can enter the, gal- the fraternity of beings in the galaxy. And, you know, knowing or knowing what I know about people's eager, desperate desire for that to happen, I shudder to think how many people are going to roll over for that. I mean, good aliens arriving, imagine. So we've got a real dilemma on our hands here that we're going to have to figure out, which is they have the technology to project anything they want. They have the power to, to put in a false flag event, either good or bad. They could be actors dressed up with, with silicon masks and ray guns that, of course, they have. And uh, costumes, for all we know, right? It's a very, very questionable situation. And all I, I can hope is that we will have proof. Somehow, somehow these beings will be able to... Um, provide enough incredible evidence of who they are, what they're there for. I don't think necessarily alien life is benevolent, nor do I think it's evil. I think we've got, as long as there's 3D, which is something I've been saying for years, the third dimension has polarity. So as long as we're talking about 3D people or beings arriving, 
or appearing or, or simply flying, there will be polarity in their intent, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm so glad you're saying this because it's all subjective. And by the way, Dr. Michael Sala, what a great researcher, common sense, love to interview him every year. But this is all subjective. If we had the technology to go to another planet, for example, and we were in need of a resource, we are we consider ourselves good because we were trying to save humanity on this planet. But if we went to another planet and we needed to take whatever they need and they would perish, I don't think we would think twice about taking it. To them, we are bad. But for us, it's our need. So as you say, it's bipolar. There's good and, and bad, depending on the perspective you're seeing it. Well, you know, you always amaze me. We think alike in, in so many ways. Humans have always been, civilizations have always manifested, manifest destiny is the term, the, uh, the desire to take what isn't theirs, to expand their civilization, to pillage and take over other. This has been the, the status quo on this planet for time immemorial. And so I agree with you. You know, you hear Musk talking about we're going to live on Mars. Well, what if there are people there, what if, which I believe there are? We just can't. Unresolved human beings that haven't figured out their own, excuse the vernacular shit, um, going to other planets, unresolved as far as their consciousness, going to other planets to set up house. I don't think that's such a great idea. And I don't think it will be met favorably when fleets of humans start migrating to other planets, not in the state of consciousness in which we find ourselves. So, uh, you know, this question of disclosure, I mean, everybody's waiting for it. All we talk about is how wonderful it's going to be. We can't wait. We can't wait to be. And I have also said until we merge, finally, we know we're not orphans anymore and we become members of this greater galactic family. But hold on. As long as that is in the hands of these maniacal one world order self-imposed leaders, we've got a problem on our hands. I mean, imagine if Biden is the appointed spokesperson to meet with the arriving aliens. It's so ludicrous. I don't even want to imagine that because, you know, they say that you manifest the thoughts that you entertain. So I'm not entertaining that thought, Patricia. Let that one go. <laughs> Let's skip that one. Yeah. But, but, you know, I mean, consider that. Think about this. Let's play it out. So you have actually a benevolent civilization that has decided to come to Earth to assist, to help us in these times of troubles, whatever. Who is going to represent the Earth? The Pentagon? The Army? The Navy SEALs? The B Biden? All of that is very frightening. Who will stand up for humankind? So, you know, we need leadership here. And which goes back to the elections, which is all a bunch of hooey anyway. We desperately need people of integrity with the, the qualities of leadership to start manifesting. And we need to grow them, as they say, in our civilizations. So one of the reasons why the schools are being dumbed down to the point of, of, of absolute hysteria and why the children are being so made to be so confused, so unhappy, miserable, with no dreams, is because they don't want 
as George Carlin said, they don't want critical thinkers. No, 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 that's not good for them. But we need to see a, a, a body of critical thinkers, passionate leadership start to move into position. And that's why we're, we're, we're in such trying times. Because do you see a lot of those around? All the time. In fact, 42% of young adults are under psychotropic or psychopharmaceutical drugs, antidepressants. And you know that when you start with that, you, can, you can't really, can't never kick it. And your synapses and your, the way your brain works completely altered permanently. And I wish parents knew more about that. And you know, what happened to talk therapy with psychiatrists? They don't do that. The only talk they do is to up the dosage of, of whatever medication they're having. But you mentioned Mars and the possibility that that might be life there. But when you look at our own planet, 80% of our planet, the oceans, they have never been mapped, explored, or even seen by a human. So let's say that you have a, an extraterrestrial being that lands on, on the Amazon forest in an area that has, doesn't have any humans. They see a lot of flora and a fauna, and they think that's it. Isn't that the same thing when we do, when we go to the Great Barrier Reef or to scuba dive in the Caribbean, we see all these magnificent reefs and fish. But what about the other 99.9% of the stuff that we haven't seen? What if there are advanced civilizations deep, deep, deep where we can't reach with our own technology? Do you think that there might be ultra, I don't want to call ultra terrestrials, but beings living under our oceans and we don't even know it? Absolutely. That was the theme. One of the themes of my, my, my first novel, The Emissary. I definitely believe that there are civilizations and underwater. And I, I would like to say that one of the things I bring forward to people is that perhaps there are a lot of alien beings. People have said there are 57 different species uh, walking the earth at this time. And of course, there's no proof for that. So I'm just putting it forward. But perhaps there are other species that have been here longer than Homo sapiens. And that one of the reasons they want us gone, because the idea that they want to just annihilate the whole human race is just bizarre, very bizarre. But what if it's because they were here first and they don't like what we've done to the planet and they want it back? It's food for thought. Indeed. And you mentioned the word sapiens or right now with Homo sapiens 2.0. But what about Homo Borgenesis, you probably have heard of that term lately. People who are using the V thinking that it's a V, but it's not. It's, it's, it's a gene therapy. What about the word sapiens or sapiens, which is derived from the Latin word that means wise or astute? Will humans 2.0 be sapiens or will it be homo mutua or homo stolitis mutua for dumb, mute, speechless, silent, still, quiet, or Stolitis for stupid, foolish, absurd, dumb, forceless, powerless. Because, Patricia, it seems to me these are the attributes they're removing from the population. Remember, governments are supposed to fear their people. It's not the other way around. And now most people are in fear, and they're obedient and compliant. What a great human race for them to finally take over. I believe that they are, and again, this is a big theme in the book, that the trans humanist agenda is in full swing and that what they're they're projecting is 
inter- intervention. Okay, hear me out now, all right? So while we talk about chips and wearables and technology and mind control, we are at the stage, and the WEF has said as much when Harari said, humans are hackable animals, and we are able to, to, do, to intervene in that way. We want a human 2.0, a better version. He said, you know, these, this God and this immortality, you know, it's, it's going to be superseded by technology. In other words, you won't be godlike beings anymore. You will be Borgs. So the plan is clearly to intervene in the progression of our species. They've said as much. And of course, the, the, the labs are working on it. We've got chimeras and hybrids and intervention in human DNA. And the bottom line of and my the absolute bottom line of my book is it's not good enough for them to put a chip in. That's so yesterday. They want to intervene in the DNA, the God code, the, the architecture of biology, the divine, because they're satanic. So they're coming into the DNA with these Vs. And that has been proven, and I also quote in the book. I'm sorry to keep saying in the book, in the book, but uh, it's important that, there, that people understand there's a reference to these That's fine. subjects in the book. Um, how at Lund University in Sweden, they actually declared that the mRNA was in fact altering DNA in the hepatic cells. And this was a big stink. Everybody said, no, it never happened. It's, it's isolated and we're the injection point, rah, rah, rah. So now we're being told that it's interfering with the DNA. Of course it is. It's a messenger, an artificial synthetic device that's being inserted in the human DNA. So the question is, is that how they're going to alter the human being instead of, is that the, is that the, the mark of the beast, the 666? And if they, with CRISPR technology, they can go in and snip the DNA now quite easily in genetic laboratories because this CRISPR tool developed not that many years ago they can now go in, they can discern where they want to cut the DNA, they can splice it, and then they can put in whatever they want. And my question to you is, and my question to the public is, what if they're trying to, sni- to slice out, to cleave out the God code and replace it with 666 into the complex code that is DNA? I mean, it's how many two billions of letters and codes, et cetera, forming patterns and language it's language what if they're taking out the god code or attempting to and putting in whatever they want i believe that's what they're doing see now you're touching on something very very deep and we'll discuss a lot of this in part two where we can take our gloves off and use the names that we want to because that's the algorithm won't find us there well let me just say this before we take a break since you're you're bringing this up People think when we talk about chimeras or cloning, they think this is just science fiction. You're watching too much The Island. But this is from May 2021, folks. The U.S. Senate killed GOP legislation to prohibit certain human-animal chimeras. You can Google it. 
if you believe in, you know, sometimes Google tells the truth. But let me read you what this ban was trying to accomplish, and the majority in the Senate killed it, allowing it to continue. Some of the things it says, the amendment defines human-animal chimera as various combinations of human and non-human DNA, such as human embryo, into which non-human cells have been introduced, making the species of the embryo uncertain. Another definition is a non-human life form that is engineered to exhibit human facial features or other bodily morphologies to resemble human features. And the amendment would have imposed either 10 years imprisonment or a fine of at least $1 million or both for even attempting to create a human-animal chimera. But guess what? In 2021, the Senate voted against it. So it proceeds. It's, a, it's, it's still going on under our feet. And what's going to happen in the future when they bring these people who might be 98% human, 2% fill in the blanks, will they still have human rights? Will they be the new slaves? We don't know, but I'm sure that, Patricia, you have a lot of to say about this. How can people buy the new book, Hacking the God Code, The Conspiracy to Steal the Human Soul, and all your other wonderful books? Thank you for that. They're out on all the website, uh, online book sales, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Book Depository. Or you can, if you want to support your local bookstore, you can go into the bookstore and say, I want Hacking the God Code by Patricia Corey, and they can order it for you. Your website's still patriciacorey.com, correct? That's correct. Excellent. Folks, one more hour with Patricia Corey. I love to have discussions with Patricia because not only is she you see, so an adept in all these subjects, an intellectual, erudite, but she has a lot of common sense. And I don't need people to agree with me all the time, but it seems to happen with Patricia when we're around and we can discuss these subjects without feeling that I'm offending her or I'm offending some people. So one more hour. This is Mel Hostelrick, and you are listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Subscribe today. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy. Get a 15-day free trial of FLFE today. We also have rebounders, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Veritas and Sanitas seasons and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, Want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback? Just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share the video. Click on the notification button to be alerted when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas. Because you don't want to believe want to know.